0: Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Today's talk was Rick Alderman, my second one with him. He's a physical therapist with over 25 years experience and it shows he helps other physical therapists, even other practitioners, understand how to help people with chronic pain to get them out of it with his fixing you method. Today's talk helps us understand how he helps people with their lifestyle and activity level when dealing with neck pain and headaches. In today's talk, we talk about exactly the common pattern to the cause. We also talk about why um, Rick starts with muscle posture imbalances. And also, too, where most practitioners first look and why it's a mistake. Also, what is the MUST system's solutions approach? And also, too, why patients are helped with this approach and how, what tests he does to confirm this problem. And again, using his Fixing You method, he goes through the process of why it works, how it works, and how valid it is. And really valid it is to help practitioners understand how to help you help yourself and teach you when to come back for care and how to stay healthy. So do I talk to my friends? Again, we have links to all his website, his Facebook page, Instagram uh, page, and also links to his courses and also his books on overall uh, on Amazon. So go to those, my friend. Enjoy the talk and we'll get you better. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. All right. Yeah, we'll set (laughs) that up. Another show for us. This is basically about neck pain and headaches. How do we help people what are doctors missing about this topic this is rick olderman's second show on my on my show and i love him because he has 25 years of experience he's an orthopedic physical therapist he has his own show he loves to help his in my best the last show we had done to help the person and not just the pain so i want to go over that with him and to understand exactly how he does it with his clients and now is helping other physical therapists do the same thing as a leader in his profession. So take it over, doc.
1: <laughs> well, I wish I was a doctor, but I'm ah, just, don't you just, know a master. It's
0: <laughs> what is
1: after your name in the big student
0: alone. That's all it is. That's
1: yeah, right, exactly. Well, thanks for having me on, Dr. Tony. I, of and course. Uh, I had a lot of fun on our first show. Yes. And uh, today we're gonna be talking about neck pain and headaches. And and I think uh, and really, you know, my focus as a as a physical therapist has been seeing people with chronic problems. And so uh, I think a lot of uh, approaches work really well for more acute problems. But what it's important for people who are listening to understand, this is if you have chronic issues and chronic issues to me signal that something hasn't been corrected that needs to be corrected, because I believe our natural state is to be pain free. And if we're not, something's wrong And and it's wrong right now. It wasn't wrong 20 years ago, although that could have been the case, too something's still wrong right now. So if we fix it now, we should be out of pain pretty soon.
0: Good.
1: So, uh, so I, I've got my little skeleton. Do you mind if I yes. pull that out? Just okay.
0: yourself, my friend. Uh,
1: all right. So, uh, <laughs> so focusing on neck pain and headaches, uh, uh, up until now, most people have had their focus for their treatment on the neck or the base of the skull somewhere, or even on the skull with cranial sacral therapies and things like that. But the neck pain and headaches keep uh, coming back. So, why, why would that be? And, uh, so it's important to understand And, uh, for those of you who aren't, uh, watching this podcast, for those who are just listening, uh, I'm holding up a skeleton and, and I'm sure if, if you look at the shoulder blade, if you Google that on, on your computer, you can see what one looks like. It's a broad, flat bone in the body. And there's only one other bone in the body that looks like this. And that's one of our pelvic bones. All right. And we all know that the pelvis is the foundation for all lower body function and low back function. Likewise, the shoulder blade is the same for upper body system, neck and head head function. And so, uh, what is going on is that there are significant there are rules about how the shoulder blade should be resting and moving, and we measure those whenever we you know see a new patient. But uh, there are significant attachments from the shoulder blade into the cervical vertebrae, into the neck bones and into the base of the skull, as well as all the spinous processes all the way down the spine. So this is a real huge player in upper body function that most practitioners aren't paying attention to uh, because we're not really trained to look at things like this. We're trained to look at the, where the pain is instead of maybe where the source is. And so uh, I've just had great success. So uh, one of the key muscles is there's two major muscles that control this whole shoulder blade system. One is the trapezius muscle, which is massive. It starts at here, attaches to the base of the skull, runs all the way down the spine to the upper lumbar vertebrae. It attaches to the bottom corner of the shoulder blade again. And so it's this big, huge thing that I describe as a hand muscle that has a whole bunch of different functions, right? The second muscle is the serratus anterior which attaches to the underside of the shoulder blade and into all of these rib uh, cage uh, bones right here. And so those two are the main players for sh- shoulder blade function. And so uh, if – and they're both massive. The serratus is massive too. And so deep to those guys, there's, there's one muscle in particular called the levator scapula, and that starts at the corner of the shoulder blade near where the spine is, and it runs up into C1 through 4, and in some people C5. And so that is more like a little pinky muscle instead of these big hand muscles. And when the big hand muscles aren't doing their jobs, and this is generally how it works all over the body, when the big hand muscles aren't doing their jobs, the, fo- the work falls to the little pinky guys, all right? Well, the levator scapula is trying to hold up this whole system and make it work well, but it's not designed to do that. That's the job of the big hand muscles. And so what happens is by virtue of their attachment in the cervical bones, they cause cervical compression side bending, rotation, all sorts of things going on. Because if the whole shoulder arm system weighs probably about 15 to 20 pounds, then, and if the big guys that are controlling that aren't controlling it well, that's 15 to 20 pounds hanging on a little pinky all day long, right? Which causes burning and pain and headaches and all sorts of things. And so uh, then on top of that, we have, it has to fight against gravity, right? And then also a lot of us have been trained actually To push the shoulder blades down even further, stressing the levator scapula. So we can talk about all those rules, but generally, uh, I have found that this is why, this is how the shoulder blade is creating chronic neck pain and headaches. Solve the shoulder blades, you solve the neck pain and headache stressors.
0: What I like, what I like too, Rick, is that you're actually seeing, you're helping someone understand. Okay, what what's causing this? May not be coming from there. You're helping understand why, and, and, and the understanding portion helps someone not only be compliant with how to rehab it, not only through you but also through their own self care. But also, why are the scapula doing this? Why now? I'm looking at the picture of I, what's my overall body doing, not just the source of the pain. And I like that perspective because that's someone's well being, and I can go into exactly now what the cause of that might be too.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, Doctor Tony. In fact. Uh, in my clinic, uh, every new patient, we ex- we get out our little skeleton, and we Good. explain this stuff to them, because we need them to understand what's going on, uh, and, and we prove that it's the right thing, and I'll, and this brings up that armpit test that you and I were talking about yep. earlier. Yep. Here Here's the proof of whether your shoulder blade is the source of your neck pain or headaches, folks. So it's a really simple test. I developed my, myself, had I, you know, been more medically inclined, I would have, come up with a more complicated name or, or put my own name on top of yes, the test yes, or something, yes. right? Oh, my friend. But I'm just going to call it the armpit <laughs> test. <laughs> so basically what you do is, as a patient with pain, what you do is you turn your head side to side, look up, look down, uh, look over one shoulder, the other shoulder, get a sense for where your pain is, how much pain you're in, what range of motion you're experiencing that pain, just all that kind of junky feeling kind of stuff. All right, then someone's going to stand behind you and they're going to put their hands in your armpits, and they're gonna lift up your shoulders about a half inch to an inch higher than normal. Your job is to relax and let them lift it up with no effort on your part. And that's hard for a lot of people to do, especially who have been in pain and are really tense and type A or whatever. So what what I found is that jiggling the shoulder blades a little bit like this really helps get the person to relax their shoulders. And some people, it takes more than 30 seconds Some people it takes two minutes. Some people, they never do relax. So we don't get a a really good reading on the test. And, uh, but it's so consistently the cause of chronic neck pain and headaches. I just assume that it's a positive test anyway. And I just hadn't gotten the opportunity to prove it to them yet, but I'll prove it to them with treatment. So anyway, you stand behind them, you get them to relax their shoulders. And, uh, and then what they do is they turn their heads again over their shoulders again, look up, look down. And lo and behold, uh, most people will find, almost all people with chronic pain will find a uh, significant reduction in pain and or an increase in range of motion before experiencing pain. And that's only after 30 seconds to a minute of unloading these tissues. Just think if we did that all day long and unloaded that. So uh, then the next part of the test is actually letting the shoulder blades back down. Because a lot of people say, eh, I don't feel, you know, a change. Because oh. I say, okay, well, let's. Lower the shoulder blades back down then and move on. And when I lower them back down, they're just like, oh, my gosh, now I really feel it. Oh, I didn't feel it before. But now that you put my shoulders back on my neck, I can feel that. So that's the third part of the test if the other two parts haven't worked. Anyway, that's the easy test. You can get anyone to do this for you at home, a spouse, a friend, whatever. Uh, But try it out. It will help you figure out the source of the problem.
0: And, and when you when you feel that re, or that relief and then the pain come back where would you feel the pain or not even pain just tightness uh, that would be a that make it a positive test
1: it would be wherever you normally would feel that tightness right exactly. whenever your complaint is for going into the clinic that mm-hmm. pain will come back again once you let the shoulder blades come down cuz it's strange a lot of people don't recognize that they feel better mm-hmm. until they feel worse again
0: exactly we're, Right? We're thinking- you're like you said, you relieve it, then also you put it back, you're like, Oh, okay, that's not comfortable. Yeah,
1: you're like, ah, no big <laughs> deal. So and then you put it back, it's just like, oh wait, I think I liked it better before. Yeah. And so uh anyway, it's a really powerful, simple, easy test to do. Anyone can do it, and uh it'll really get to the root of these problems.
0: Good. And then going back to what when you look at someone's big picture, and for example, okay, now we have a positive test, and we talked about before, you had mentioned before the chronicity of a problem, how do you now, now, how do you widen your range to now you're now looking for the onset of what's really causing us to come back, back and forth, back and forth.
1: Exactly. Now we're getting into behavior. Mm -hmm. So what is it that that person is doing during the day that's causing this dysfunction? Well, let's first look at the, uh, what's going on with the dysfunction. What we're doing is raising the shoulder blades Mm -hmm. that decreases pain. So then we have to think, well, what are you doing? That's, decreasing or depressing the shoulder blades yeah and we need to stop those things right Mm -hmm. well uh not to pick on any particular uh fitness program but a lot of yoga pilates gymnastics and dance uh one of their cueing is to bring the shoulder blades down and back into your opposite back pockets Mm -hmm. what that does is it creates this erect arched spine and long neck and i believe that That this isn't true Pilates or yoga training. I believe this kind of drifted into yoga's purview because a lot of dance and yoga have gone together. This is a dancing kind of cue because dancers need to have these long, beautiful necks, right? Especially ballet dancers. It's the sign of, you know, strength and beauty and all this kind of stuff. Well, in order to create that long neck, they are depressing their shoulder blades, which is then turning off. The, the primary parts of the trapezius and the serratus anterior and then causing the levator scapula, that little pinky muscle, to hold everything up, even while you're pressing it down. So if that's some of your signaling, and they teach this a lot in, in yoga, Pilates, you know, whatever. If you watch gymnastics, whenever they hold their arms up at the end of their, you know, routine, you'll see them arch their back and their shoulder blades are down, creating this long, graceful neck looking thing. It's only an aesthetic cue. It's not a functional cue. Got it. And that's why we have chronic pain. The other cause, so if, if you're doing this to create good posture and you think this is, your shoulder blades are not designed to create good posture. So first of all, stop doing that. All right. And uh, I, I, we could talk about other ways to create better posture. But the other thing is a lot of people work at their computers. Yep. And so a lot of the arms of the chairs are set too low and too far out to the side. Or a lot of people don't even use arms. And so, again, you're reaching down to a keyboard. So you're signaling your muscles to depress the scapula, right? And so they're getting that signal. They're not getting any support. So you're just depressing the scapula all work day long. And then that is also contributing to this depressed scapula issue.
0: You're almost changing the biomechanics where the body should sit naturally, especially in a a non-moving position like sitting. At that point, the lack of... The the, If you want to call it the contraction and the change in position just fatigues the muscle. Oh, yeah. And over time, does that change your overall idea of what normal posture should be? So now you're in a a constant state of an imbalance.
1: Right. So uh, there's another thing is we get used to this posture and our brain uh, then has the message that this is normal Mm -hmm. because we've trained this posture to be our normal. Changing that posture, then your brain sends out these alert signals that says, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've talked about this before. Hey, something's changed. I don't like this. Something danger will Robinson, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And so it sends all, but you don't know, your brain doesn't know whether that's a good change or a bad change. It's just telling you it's a change. And then we judge it because it's a change as something bad. That's where that problem is in changing habits, bad habits into good ones we got to fight the instructions we've already trained our brain to acknowledge.
0: And I tell people sometimes you're going to be a little uncomfortable. It's going to feel a little weird. Your body may even feel off balance until you've done it long enough to now your body sees it as your better normal. Like you said before, you can't, your, your habit to change a habit is, a, is going to be a stressor to the body. You're going to feel, hey, what's going on here? But when you maintain that and know in your mind, okay, I'm doing the right thing for me because I've been doing the wrong thing for so long. And that, when you're getting to a more optimal normal so your body can stay in a better balance, more relaxed, and have more cohesiveness with other muscles and joints, correct?
1: You're, you're exactly right. And I, I would change one word in there, uh, uncomfortable. Good. Really? Uh, it's not, by uncomfortable, we don't mean by changing these habits you're going to become more painful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be instead more unfamiliar rather than uncomfortable. Okay. And, you're, and so uncomfortable you know, denotes that maybe their pain should increase. Well, no, we've already proven with the armpit test that your pain will decrease. Yep. So uh, even though it feels unfamiliar to you, it's what's good for you. Good. So roll with it.
0: Good. And then with that going on, you mentioned sitting posture. How can someone's standing posture contribute to the neck pain and headaches too?
1: Oh, yeah, this is a great point. So I think we talked about back pain last time. And also, I think we brought in that this side bending phenomenon Mm -hmm. too, okay? Mm -hmm. So, the shoulder blades essentially are resting on the rib cage.
0: Okay.
1: So, if, especially if we have a side bending problem to one side where one rib cage is lower than the other, well, now we've got another stressor pulling that shoulder blade down, causing a depressed scapula even more on one side where the rib cage is also down, right? And like we talked about last time, why is the rib cage down? Often it's because of some problem in the same side leg. Mm-hmm. So that's how we can link a foot problem all the way up to a headache issue, especially if it's on the same side.
0: It's all connected not only biomechanically, but also fascially. How would you check for that? What would be your analysis to check if it is connected to the whole body?
1: Well, first of all, what, uh, whenever we examine someone with neck pain or headaches, we start at the pelvis all the way up. So we immediately know whether there's a side bending problem on the same side as the side of pain so that's really easily fixed and then uh uh, and i show people how to fix that so if they come in next time and say oh my pain's a lot better well then i know that that whatever is causing that side bending problem is likely also feeding the, the pain but if we fix the side bending problem and it hasn't changed the neck pain then i know i can move on from the lower extremity issues that are causing the side bending problem and move up more specifically to the shoulder blade issues that are causing that instead.
0: When I like that you have a standard wicket. when you do this, no matter what's going on, let's do a standard test first analysis. Yes. And then from there, we can now determine where your problems might be based on a step process. Very, it makes it more, and I'm probably the wrong word, more reliable, more valid, because it's not a guessing game.
1: It's very logical. And, and so uh, this is what, and I've trained a lot of therapists that have come into my clinic and so in PT school, you know, we're given, you know, thousands of tests to figure out, you know, what tissue is wrong and all this kind of stuff. Well, so many PTs are overwhelmed with so many tests. And then they, you know, especially when someone has chronic pain, you, you could have 20 different tests that are all positive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so oh, what do I do with this now? And so what this does is it simplifies the, the logic in the process. And uh, and it's important uh, to always, and you always know where you are in the process of trying to figure this out, right? You just logically go down the steps. It's very simple.
0: What I, what I like is that the simplicity allows someone not to be subjective about it. Well, maybe it's yes. maybe, like you said, the physical therapy testing, thing chiropractic test too. Even though, say you have a positive sign, but it could be this, this, and this. It doesn't right. give it literally that you have now a proper diagnosis right so then you have to go for more testing what you're saving someone a good three or four or five even ten different tests to get to the same endpoint of what the diagnosis can be
1: right exactly and and right from the get-go an initial eval you understand all the the functional stressors that you need to go through in order to get to the one or two or three or whatever it is that are actually contributing to this and, and oftentimes it's it, there is a psychological component too
0: right well, what i like is 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 you're saying somebody come in with neck pain headaches but then we we'll start going over the test with them and go oh yeah i do have hip pain oh yeah yes. i do have ankle pain now i do have mid back pain this wasn't their primary concern at that point
1: so often does that happen i'll tell you especially when you cue them in hey you know what you've got the side bending problem You didn't tell me about anything going on in your lower body and the side bending problems on the same side as your neck pain what do you think there's anything going on here it's like oh yeah i just told you to skip that because we're dealing with my neck not my foot you know and so then it it offers this opportunity to go deeper and to fix the whole body the whole system
0: when you're helping the person understand oh yeah again this goes back to understanding the whole person's approach not just a neck pain or headache approach or just a low back pain approach. Look at the yeah. whole person. So again, that's more of a valid logical analysis in a simple way looking. Is this your system solution approach or or is this something in addition to?
1: This is my system solution approach. So I, I only have two evaluations. So one is for too simple upper, upper body, like what we just <laughs> talked about. And then one is for lower body. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Because you, you'll see because everything matters, right? Mm-hmm. How, can you, how, can you skip the, how can you skip the
0: pelvis when you're looking at the neck? How
1: mm-hmm. can you skip the rib cage when you're looking at a knee or a foot?
0: Why do doctors not have this approach or look at the whole person as an approach? Why do doctors do this?
1: Uh, and, and it's not only doctors, it's PTs, you know, and it's just our training. Our, our training is to understand tissue damage, mm-hmm. which tissue is hurting. That's the gold standard for us and then we treat the tissue. And it, it, really, I believe it goes back to how we're set up in medicine is to, you know, the double blind study is the gold standard for inclusion and in research. If you can't isolate an, uh, something that is the cause of a pain or a problem, then there's too many factors. You can't You can't isolate three factors or two factors or whatever. It has to be one, right? And so system solutions don't, Fit into that type of equation for research. Mm-hmm. At the best, and I was just at a continuing ed- education class this this weekend, and and this guy ha- is writing a textbook, and he said, "Yeah, at best, a case. This would be a case study." Well, whoever reads a case study, uh, almost no one, almost no one, especially in medicine. This is like the lowest form of validity. So why would I spend months? writing up case studies for all of these things, only to have everyone ignore them, just to say that I submitted a case study. So I'd rather just help the people directly. But anyway, that's, that's why medicine doesn't have these kinds of solutions in mind.
0: Well, that's the thing, is, it's how do you help people? I don't care what kind of test you're gonna use. How do, you, how do you find a way to simply help people in and, and, and an efficient way that has a high success rate? And but the problem is double blind studies research has to get funded that pays yes. for them to do that. It pays for schools to stay open, it pays for doctors to do their own research. So the conflict of interest is going to be there. Can we go, okay, that's great. Thanks for letting me become a chiropractor, physical therapist. Now I'm gonna do this over here to actually help my patients.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, um, well, I, I could go deeply into that, but yeah. but basically I'm the, the that, setup right. is that is that our in our schools, we're trained to be component thinkers understand tissue rather than understand why the why is behind the tissue or the systems involved it's 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 too broad for for people to take in from a research standpoint and teach
0: and, and what i when i what i what i want people understand and looking at what you're what you're doing with your system and and physical therapists and chiropractors and anyone in healthcare for one do they look at the person first understand the person first, and then go through a systematic process to give you a high success rate with your treatment to get you better. That's yeah. all, That's if you want to call it the big picture of what we do. How do we care for patients to get them better then teach them how to stay better? Because now they have to know their own system for their own body.
1: Yes. And, and I'll tell you, Dr. Tony, um, this is the problem I had with a lot of CEU courses that I took in the past. <laughs> is that you know, there had to be certain conditions for some treatment or technique to work, mm-hmm. right? Only in certain patients and only in certain times. And if that didn't work, then you can try this. That isn't the case with this. It works with everybody. And so I it, it's so consistent that if it, it isn't working, I know that they either have a tear or they have some mm-hmm. other emotional, psychological issue that's contributing to this pattern of dysfunction going on. In the last 20 years of me practicing, I have not encountered someone with chronic neck pain or headaches that it has not been the shoulder blade. That's how consistent it is.
0: Well, I like that. Okay, now I have my red flags. Okay, is there anything else going on that is gonna to contribute to either help or hurt your success in your care? That's why you do like you have, have the initial interview with a patient. Okay, what's going on? What's right. the onset, what's, what's going on with your lifestyle, your day, to so understand the person, again, to have a higher success rate, right, up off the bat. And if it doesn't, right. be okay, maybe it's this, let's get an MRI, let's, let's get a CT, make sure there's not a tear. That point, if there is, okay, let's take care of that first and we'll come back to fixing the chronic problem.
1: Yeah. I, I've got a, another book that's coming out maybe next year, but I've got some stories on my website. One of them is called Three Pains in the Neck. And, uh, there's a
0: podcast on that too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, uh, you know, in all cases it ended up being, well, one was a rotator cuff tear causing their migraines. Another was a labral tear all undiagnosed by, Mm -hmm. you know, until then. And then the last one, this guy was just breaking down his whole shoulder because he was a a bodybuilder type of guy. So, but in all cases, all the doctors, when the patients asked their doctors, Hey, could this have anything to do with my headaches? Every single doctor said, absolutely not. There's, there's oh, no yeah. research to support it. Well, this goes back into, there is research to support it, but they're case studies, right? Mm-hmm. So no one's going to read those. And what I found this weekend also was the, the presenter kind of cherry-picked research to support their point of view. Oh. Right? And so, you know, that's, that's another thing that's happening. And we talked about this last time is we pick research based on our belief system. Mm-hmm right? If we don't believe something should work, then we're going to either overlook or discount that research. Or well, I, I even listened to two th- physical therapists argue about the very same piece of research showing, you know, they argued for different, you know, interpretations of the same research. I'm just like, are you kidding me? What's the whole purpose? You know? So uh, anyway, uh, it, it, so when patients go back to your doctor or whomever who's treating you and they've never heard of The shoulder blade that's because of how they've been trained and Mm -hmm. what they tend to look at as in terms of what evidence is
0: you almost have to go back and go okay i'm sending you back to your medical doctor who referred you to me but i want you to tell them this this and this because we need this testing done to prove it's a tear or something else going on that we can't see yet yeah almost want to if you want to call it uh what's it called in, in, in courtrooms? for one, two, you want to, you want to basically spoon feed them what's going on. So the doctor can get the insurance to approve the MRI, the CT, whatever you need. So you can do the diagnosis unofficially for the patient.
1: Yeah. So thankfully the first doctor, i have been working with a lot of her patients. She trusted me Got so it. she didn't, she didn't bat an eye to run the MRI. In fact, okay. she did an MRI on both shoulders. I only asked for one. I'll give
0: you, oh, I'll give you oh, two scoops instead yeah. of one.
1: Full thickness tears, full thickness, rotator cuff tears in both shoulders. And she was blown away. How did you know this? I said, because I know that was the shoulder and it wasn't and the treatment wasn't sticking. Something's wrong here. And then the other person, the MRI came back negative. And the doc said, well, we're just going to send you to a pain specialist and, you know, you'll just be doing pain meds for the rest of your life. Well, this girl was 30 years old.
0: Yeah, And I
1: said, no, there's something wrong with her shoulder. So I found another doctor who said, look, if, if it's, she doesn't get better in six weeks, I'll do exploratory surgery. He ended up finding the largest labral tear he had ever seen in his practice in her shoulder that didn't show up on the MRI. Probably because of it was a chronic tear and uh, chronic yeah. chronic issues are. And also it depends on the type of MRI, either a 1.5 T or 3 T. I'm not sure which they used initially. T, Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, so these things can go undiagnosed and you just don't know it. And neither of them knew that they had rotator cuff tear or, in fact, the girl with the labral tear didn't even have right shoulder pain. So she's just like, I only had pain when she started working with me. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's because I I honed in very quickly on her shoulder and tried to get it to to fix it. And that's when it really started to complain.
0: So, so going, going into it, now that you have the proper diagnosis, you know what's going on. Yeah. What is your treatment approach to someone with say headaches and neck pain?
1: Okay. So if, if we know that it's a a depressed scapula, which in in chronic issues is likely is, there are muscles that are pulling everything down. Okay. We simply stretch those muscles, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
1: And then they're not pulling it down as much. Okay. And then the other thing is we have to fix ergonomics because most people are spending eight to 10 hours of at work at a computer so make the computer and chair fit your body rather than your body fitting your computer and chair and i once had a woman who literally cried when we changed her ergonomics because she didn't realize that she could sit in her chair without pain
0: Mm. and
1: it was the first time she had been out of pain sitting and i said oh we're just doing what i what we found in my test we're just reproducing that and she understood exactly what we were doing her pain just melted away after that. So ergonomics are a big one. Uh, uh, all the mu- tight muscles that pull things down is another one. Posture strategy is a big one. Okay. And what you're doing for your workouts. What is what is reinforcing this pattern of scapular depression in you? We have to figure out what those things are. Give you alternatives. What it's it's like so you're simple.
0: You're looking at someone's, okay, If we're, if we're going to – Help you change this pattern and get things better. Not only are you going to have to sit posi- or, or position yourself better with better posture, but also you have to work out differently and now be aware of where muscles are firing, so you know how to maintain that better position.
1: Yeah. So one of the big things, big things I didn't mention is when I first figured out this whole scapular depression thing, mm-hmm. I just on the spot created this taping technique. To fix the scapula ah, nice. and so if i suspect the scapula is the source i immediately tape that scapula in a better position the very first day and nearly everybody who comes back is just like what did you just do to me this was amazing you know i i can't believe i feel this good i don't ever want to stop wearing the tape and i tell them well we're going to fix your body so you don't have to wear the tape but the tape is confirming that this is the source of your problem Good. We're going to keep using the tape until we fix all the things that are causing this problem to happen.
0: Good. And then in time frame wise, what do you give someone a range or or to get to where you can maintain now a better muscle structure where it's more balanced, more flexible and stronger to hold that better position?
1: Usually it's one to two weeks.
0: That's, that's nothing.
1: No. As, even if they've had 10 years of chronic pain it's one to two weeks Wow. If, if i'm on the right spot now like for instance i one of i have two patients who it took a lot longer one was a movement specialist and so what she she had trained herself because she was part of this whole yoga gym you know dance kind of thing to you know actively depress her shoulder blades because that looked like good posture right and and even though we fixed the shoulder blades, something she was doing was reactivating that uh, depression. Okay. And what we found was that she had organized her whole pelvis to, re- to be included with this whole scapular depression pattern. Okay. So then we had to go into and unlock the pelvic patterns that she had developed as a specialist to then unlock the shoulder blade pattern associated with that. Once we did that, boy, well, she... She couldn't believe it. And this was was a 20 or 30 year pain person.
0: The other person. So much, right? It works together so much. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, And so and then the other person, you know, I she wouldn't she wouldn't go in for an MRI of her shoulders. So she's had 20 years of migraines. I we tape them up. They feel better. We train her. You know, she had six weeks of absolutely no pain. She's never had that since she was 20 years old. Wow. And then it started coming back and, you know, she wasn't responding again. Okay. So I'm just like, okay, there's got to be a structural issue going on here or a deeper behavioral issue. So that's when I start thinking, okay, structure, or is there a psychological component to this pattern? And so I, I'm not afraid to talk to them because if by this time they trust me, mm-hmm. right. And I said, look, do you have any emotional trauma in your life? Cause emotional trauma can cause us to deepen the pattern of the movement patterns that cause our pain. And so, uh, she felt uncomfortable with that conversation, which signaled to me that there might've been something there yeah. and I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, so that's not my field. So, you know, I can only recommend that she look at something like this, but. Well,
0: that's, that's the thing is you're helping them. Even if you can't help them, you're still helping them find better avenues to see the bigger picture to get their overall health, maybe physical or mental health better.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Nothing wrong with that.
1: Right. And then the last thing could be uh, uh, an inflammatory process from a dietary allergen or mold issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's another thing that can cause chronic inflammation and therefore contraction patterns in the pattern of dysfunction that's causing pain. So um, that's- How many
0: physical therapists go down those rabbit
1: holes? Not many. My mm-hmm. therapists do because I train them to do that. Yes. And, it, and here's, here's one of the reasons, Dr. Tony, is that uh, typically wh- before I figured all this stuff out, my results weren't consistent. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't say for sure whether, oh, I couldn't say, you know, you've either got a structural issue or a psychological. I, I, I would always be doubting myself. Oh, I must yeah. be missing something. I must be missing something. Yeah. But since the results are so consistent, I can say confidently that something else is going on here, we've got to get to the root of this, and they believe me. Um, so this is why I think a lot of physical therapists maybe don't go down these roads, is because the results aren't as reproducible and consistent. A
0: lot of it is sometimes, systems. anyone who's in a field long enough to get into their habits of how they want to treat patients, and they're okay, their expectation may be a lower expectation. I may mean, help some people, they not help some people based on my technique, but it's hard for some people in general, any profession to relearn new things that can be more effective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, and, and, you know, there are a lot of physical therapists who happily, in fact, they, I know one physical therapist who's completely gone down the psychological road of, of this and kind of abandoned more of the physical therapy aspect of Mm -hmm. things. So, you know, there's a whole spectrum of, of, you know, types of therapists out there. You just have to search.
0: And and someone who has headaches and neck pain, um, how do you want them to approach a physical therapist when helping, looking for help for that problem?
1: Yeah, this is a really good question because, um, for instance, um, someone bought my Fixing Your Headaches program. Mm -hmm. And in there, I say, you know, bring this to your physical therapist or chiropractor or whomever to have them work with you on this.
0: Psychologist, yep.
1: But- the the approach is so different that they have no basis to judge the program and so they say uh eh, let's keep doing what what i don't think that's going to work mm-hmm. we are just going to keep doing what we're, what we're doing so i can only i'm not going to argue with that therapist or whomever because they're their patient you know I, mm-hmm. i'm not their therapist so i can only encourage them look what if you just tried this one thing next time you have a headache. Try that the next three headaches. And if that one thing, which is my taping technique for the shoulder blade, yeah. consistently works in all three of those situations, that should be confirmation to you that this is the source of your problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, they're, they're, and if it's not, then maybe that therapist is right. I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. we well, are um, able to help
0: someone logically make sense of a positive test every time, three times yes. in a row. Uh, and I always tell people it's for your body at that point, treat yourself right. Find a different yes. therapist. It's, it's up to you. This isn't this? Isn't you have to go to only one therapist? Find someone to work with you to understand how you want to be treated.
1: Yeah, and, and this is the other thing is you know you know this as well as I do. Your patients develop a connection with you, mm-hmm. so they don't want to think that you're wrong, or they don't want to go to someone else. They want to go to you, you know. And so you know I recognize that in this person, but I believe that the, this therapist is the same therapist that this person's been using for years. And if that therapist was really helping, why did you even look to my program to help solve your pain if they're really helping you? So uh, I, it's, it's hard to get a patient to think like that though, because they feel like they're being disloyal to their therapist. But you know, I see it as, look, this is an opportunity to teach your therapist something new, and then they can help thousands of other people because of you trying something new you know you
0: realize therapists or or people in general or doctors there is no hierarchy we're the same human beings we're the yes. same beings, correct yes we can all learn something new it's okay i'm willing to spend the time and energy to really do something that's going to help my patients and then in the long run help my practice be more successful with my patients why not
1: right well because there's a lot of ego in medicine
0: mm-hmm.
1: right that's why not so um Ego no in one, general in the world. You yeah, ego, yeah, in every every profession. But, you know, no one wants, especially someone who's been practicing for 10 years, you know, or five years even, no one wants to think, I have to learn something new, mm-hmm. you know. So. It's
0: one of those things, too, where it's hard for a doctor to say, I don't know. Yes. It, it's one of those things where it's almost like a sin to say that versus, let's try a different pill. Neither had a bad reaction, do a different pill. Let's do this. Versus, like, hey, I just don't know. Let's get you a specialist. See what's going on. Let's try this program. Let's try something different.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I, yeah. I, I am perfectly willing to say I I don't know, especially if my whole system doesn't work, uh-huh. then and and you know then I can say I don't know, but this is what I think is going on. You know. Let's get um, this
0: test done so that we can check something else to see what else it might be exactly. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. good. You help, you're still helping them get down that rabbit hole faster by going, just go see your doctor and see what, see what they can do. You know, yeah. that's not very helpful that's yeah. they came from in the first place. Talk mm-hmm. to about your fixing you method program, your overall program, Rick. Well, uh, I, you know, I've developed
1: five different programs for mm-hmm. their, their downloadable home programs to help people solve their pain. Good. So, uh, you know, there's a Fixing Your Headaches program, which solves shoulder issues as they relate to neck pain and headaches. So if you have chronic shoulder problems, it will likely solve those as well. But they're all geared towards chronic issues. And because chronic issues tend to be a systems of problem that other practitioners haven't really looked at before. And you can find all those at FixingYouMethod.com. And if you type in the, the coupon code you all one word. You get 20% off your, your purchase. And then I've also created an,
0: on the post, you have all links there also, so they can find that and search that. But I also want them to go to your podcast.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they, I've only had like two people go there so far. So the, you, you, your listeners would be the third and fourth, maybe. <laughs> uh, what I, I like thought-
0: because it gives people an idea of what your mind's like, how you think to help them think differently about their problems.
1: Yeah, so my podcast is called Talk About Pain, mm-hmm. and uh, I have I've brought in a few people to interview in areas of medicine I'm not familiar with, and I want to learn more about. And um, But I also comment on things that I'm reading, my thoughts about what I've seen, and, and things like that, so you can get a good idea of how I'm thinking uh, by listening. And these aren't really long podcasts, and I mean, one or two of them are long because they're interviews. But for the most part of if, if I'm just talking about something I'm thinking, it's gonna be pretty short, <laughs> so it, it, it's it's easily easily digestible.
0: It's hard to, to really continue to talk unless you're being asked a question or going down a rabbit hole for one, yeah, too. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is my thought. Thanks for coming, guys. I'll see you next week.
1: Right. I, I'm trying to come up just short of just me sounding like I'm muttering
0: something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this is my soapbox. I'm good for the week. Okay, see you guys next time. But, yeah. but I like that because, again, again, this is the, – the goal with everything you're doing, I think, is really helping people understand, hey, you may not be a physical therapist, but can you learn enough about how to treat your body so you can stay healthy? Yes, you can, absolutely, you know, you can. I think that's a key, or, or if you can't, okay, now I know when I go back to my doctor, physical therapist, I can ask them the right questions to help yeah. me figure out where the problems might be.
1: Right, yep. And, yep. and I, I created an online training program for other practitioners because Good. I want to also, I, I just want to, because so many people contact me and say, hey, is there a practitioner in Boston who, you know, does the, uh, I'm sorry, no, you know, only here. And so I don't want it to be like that. I, I feel mm-hmm. like this should be part of everyone from coaches to doctors mm-hmm. understanding because it's really how the body works, you know? It's really simple uh, and logical like what we've been talking
0: about, so. Well, the, the problem is your program can be taught maybe over a, a few weekends versus school has to be, how, how long physical therapy, school about three and a half years? How long is, is physical therapy school? You
1: know, I, I think it's like three years now mm-hmm. Three, yeah. I, I don't know with the DPT program
0: yeah
1: three three and a half something they, like they that.
0: can't charge that much for school for for a program you can learn you can learn over a few weeks
1: oh yeah yeah
0: you know they, they lose money on the program. they have teachers on on strike going through a full recession it'd be rough
1: well we've, we've talked about this I think in the in the last one too okay. none of the information I would teach in my course could be found on the national exam so yeah. Uh, and in fact, I would, you would probably fail an actual exam if you answered it according to how I think, you know, the body <laughs> works So better to learn it after school, pass yes. your exams and then, you know, learn how to help people after that. Well,
0: that's the thing is when you find, when you find a chiropractic therapist, someone who's in healthcare, that's willing, that has the energy and passion to learn more things, you're finding someone that is up to date. I don't want someone who, who's, for example, on a phone that's it. I think there's an iPhone 2 iPhone 4 when well, they're up to iPhone 14. Come on. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. get up to date, people. Yeah. So why would you not update your knowledge to help your patients, wherever practitioner you are, to give them the best care possible?
1: Well, you know, the driver for me, Dr. Tony, was that I, anytime I failed, I had to find out why. Good. And, and I, I really – I had a hard time sleeping if I was failing. Because I, I just had to understand, the, it meant that I didn't understand something. And so that was my big driver is, you know, I, this isn't happening like it should, because I know how fast the body should heal. So if I'm not getting it, there's something else is going on here. And that's how, those that, that was, I kept blaming myself because it often is my, my fault because I hadn't found the answer yet for them. So that's how I developed this whole thing. And now I feel like I've got just about all the answers for just about all the
0: people well, the thing is that 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 statement right there says that you care about your patients. You want to help them. I'm going to do. I'm going to work extra hard to find out why this system didn't work for you, and yeah. figure out a better system. Now you figured that over 20 years. Okay, use your system. Let's go through the system and see what's working, so we can get you better at a faster rate. And then make sure you understand how to maintain those stretches, exercises, awareness of your body, to make sure it doesn't happen again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting in this CEU course. You know, they talked a lot about lack of compliance, hmm. you know, with home hmm. exercise programs. I don't run into that problem at all yeah. uh, because, A, I'm not throwing 30 different exercises at someone to try and fix one thing. No. Uh, it's too nonspecific. So, and, and B, we educate our patients so they know exactly what they're doing and why and how that's going to help them. And we prove it in the, in the clinic that that's going to take away their pain before we even send them home. So they're completely bought into the whole thing, which I mean, I, I almost never run into any, any compliance issues.
0: I, and I talked to a buddy of mine from college this last week. He works for a company that networks doctors, about 500 doctors, and he's in the compliance industry. You want to make sure doctors are compliant. But he said the biggest thing when doctors not become compliant or they get sued or they have malpractice sued or they have fraud, whatever's going on, is the communication you don't communicate with the patient what's going on, what the concerns are, what the risk or benefits might be, as a therapist, you and I, when we communicate that and we help the patient understand what's going on. The compliance goes up, they get better. Because you're doing the self-care outside the office to see the benefit that they can do long term.
1: Yeah. Well, what's the average doctor's visit? Four four minutes? Maybe. It's hard hard to get a lot of communication happening. And I, I know a lot of doctors who are frustrated. You know mm-hmm. that they don't have more time with their patients and then if they do that puts them behind their whole huge schedule right yeah,
0: yeah that so down the door that I, down.
1: I, i'm always amazed at how well doctors do with the little bit of time that they have with oh, their yeah. patients it's astonishing
0: you have to hopefully get them referred to you and your program hey look let's yeah. start this program They be successful I'll see you, I'll see you in a couple months. Boom. Yeah, pass the ball to me, I'll run exactly. with you, you Exactly, know? you're right there, ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Rick, <laughs> <laughs> anything else for your second show that we missed or what's a good takeaway from you?
1: Gosh, uh, you know, similar to the first show, chronic pain means that you haven't had the right information yet. Mm-hmm. You are not broken,
0: That's Good.
1: all right? So if this information sounds new to you and you have had chronic headaches, and I've, I mean, it doesn't matter that, this is the interesting thing, Dr. Tony, Tension headaches, cluster headaches, migraine headaches. I've even helped people with trigeminal neuralgia wow. using this approach. And, you know, it's, that's why I believe, you know, these are all manifestations of the same problem. They're just deeper in some people and so create different types of headaches in them. But the same solution seems to solve all of these problems.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's what I find really interesting. You know, because yeah. if you go on uh, Google, you Google a migraine versus attention versus a cluster versus or whatever. And it's just like, oh, they're all different. Well, yeah. not, not in terms of chronic issues, in terms of what I found that, that helps them. If that's a logical statement that the same thing that will help attention headache will help a migraine headache, that then the, the sources must be the same. You know, that's that's why I, I make that comment. So maybe I'm wrong in assuming that, but no. that's, that's been my experience.
0: You're looking for the root cause of all these headaches, which have one, the problem is most approaches are cyst- or symptom-based versus how do we help the symptom of the headache versus source of the headache. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I would rather have that point they're gonna be gone versus living on medication life.
1: Right, and, and if you've got chronic headaches or something, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. my own program super cheap it's very effective you can return it if it doesn't work you know get your yeah. money back it's it's it is the key to so many people over the years i just have to believe it would be the, the key to yours and i, I would love it dr tony if you tried that armpit test on one of your next chronic neck pain people especially if if they're coming
0: back you know and oh there it is again yeah. you know and I'll, get I'll get what's interesting i'll get what's happening make sure he's he or she is is compliant, but I'll, 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 I'll give a couple tests and then, and do my yeah, own size today. Yeah. Shoot me an email. I'd,
1: I'd love to, to dialogue you. with you about it. Yeah. Anytime.
0: Thank well, thank you again, Rick. Well, what's, what's your next topic going to be? What's your next topic going to be?
1: Gosh, well, hip pain is a big one for a lot of people. Okay. Okay. So we could chat about that plantar fasciitis, knee pain. Um, you know,
0: we'll go lower body no matter what. I'll leave sure. You. Let's go in the back, back office real quick and I'll shut this thing down. Thanks for watching guys.